0: The suspension on the debt ceiling. It's over. The debt ceiling has not been raised. And the U.S. is now essentially liquidating assets to pay its debts, which is scary. But hopefully they'll raise the debt ceiling because it seems kind of dumb not to anyway. They just do it and keep taking in more and more debt. But at the same time, the eviction moratorium has ended. It seems like things are kind of breaking and falling apart because now we're hearing there's got to be more restrictions, more masks. All of this weird authoritarian stuff is happening. Meanwhile, in Chicago, they're saying, hey, everybody, you gotta wear masks. We gotta get this thing under control. And then they have Lollapalooza with thousands of people not wearing masks all partying. They say the vaccine is here. It's, it's, it's uh, got excellent efficacy. And yet still they're saying we need to lock everything down. It just seems like creeping authoritarianism on top of all that. Critical race theory and critical race applied principles. The wokeness seeping into our government, into our culture, into our politics. It's, uh, I guess you put these things together and it sounds like really bad things are happening, obviously, and our economy is in trouble, our government is in trouble, and our culture is in trouble. And now we're being joined by an actual survivor of Mao's cultural revolution who says that there is a cultural revolution happening here in the U.S., and it is critical race theory. We are joined by Lily Tong Williams. Do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Oh, hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. Nice to meet you, because I've been watching you guys for a while. Yes, I actually was born in Chengdu, Sichuan province of PRC, two years before Mao's Cultural Revolution. Two years. So I did not know anything. I was a child. And uh, um, so from 1966 to 1976, Mao Mao's used the Cultural Revolution to really purge his political enemies, Inside of a Communist Party, um, do you know about the Great Leap Forward? Oh yeah. From 1958 to 1961, Mao basically his policies and um, made a estimated 20 million to 40 million Chinese died of a mass famine. We were told, of course. Later, I was too young at that time, not born yet. But when I was growing up, they said that was three years natural disasters. Wow. That lie, I did not know anything about it until I come to this country. I discovered the truth. But today in mainland China, 1.4 billion people, I bet there are still majority people don't know the truth. If they know, they might not be so, <laughs> you know, like a uh, quiet and passive, we'll just let them continue to rule over them. Yeah. And so, 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 so Mao basically they lost some power. We got a new, called a president, New South Chi. and he saw him as a threat with his supporters. So Mao went outside of Beijing and uh, used the, what do you call naive college students, idealistic, who worship him to start cultural revolution to say we're gonna get rid of four olds. What is the four olds? You can even make that collection today. It's called old culture, old custom, old ideas, and old habits. Let's use cultural revolution get rid of all those. So change names and change last names of your family members to cut ties. So all that stuff we can't get into.
0: Yeah. You know. A lot of it's like 1984. They said the, the the statues were taken down. The names of streets were changed. Everything yeah. that was old was purged. We'll talk about all of that. And we'll talk about your story. We're also hanging out with Ian. I'm very
2: excited that you're here, Lily. Thank you for coming.
1: My pleasure, Ian. And I am also excited to be here and listen to your stories. Because I think this is
3: exceedingly important for this time in uh, American history, unfortunately. Mm.
0: And before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments from this show. They go up around 11 p.m. Monday through Thursday, and you'll get an advertisement-free experience on all of our news articles, as well as just generally supporting the work we're doing as we're expanding. We just had a meeting about one of our other shows. We just had people fly out for another show we're doing, totally cultural shows, by the way, because we want to inspire people to have a good time and not always just be talking about politics and getting people down. We want to inspire people to do things that can actually help bring about positive change. Talking about it, complaining about it isn't enough. What do we have as an alternative? What will make people feel good and say, you know what? That authoritarianism, I don't want that stuff. I want to have a good time with my friends. So we're focusing on that. Go to TimCast.com, become a member. and Don't forget to like this video. Share the show with your friends if you really like the show. Today's going to be very conversational because this is a warning to everybody. You know, we, we've said in the show many times that critical race theory, critical race applied principles, leftist identitarianism— Whatever the word is, we can see what's happening. And they use different ways to manipulate. They'll say, oh, it's not critical race theory. Oh, wokeness doesn't mean anything. Oh, that's a pejorative. Oh, social justice. They change the word every time. That's why I say wokeness or leftist identitarianism, whatever you want to call it. We'll call it the left's cultural revolution. We have somebody who actually experienced it, who knows a bit about what happens if you don't resist it. And someone who is saying it's happening here, which should be a warning to everybody. That should be uh, more than scary, I suppose. But uh, you know, keep calm and carry on, and, and we'll we'll learn about what's happening. So let's just uh, let's just jump in and, and get started. Do you want to tell us uh, first? Let's 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 start here in, in America. You said that what's happening here with critical race theory, and I think it's it's important to mention it's it's well beyond critical race theory. But this, these these changes we're seeing from the left, this is a culture revolution in in America.
1: Well, as somebody who survived Mao's cultural revolution. It's very terrifying to see lots of similarities. Um, the similarities that people who don't know about Mao's cultural revolution, he used Karl Marx theory, communist manifesto author, to separate people into primarily two big groups. We all heard those names. Oppressor versus oppressed. And who are under oppressors group in Mao's China? Rich farmers, landlord, rightists, bad influencers, and uh, country revolutionaries. Sounds familiar.
0: (laughs) Bad influencers. Yeah, who are those people? And rightists. Yes. That's like basically anybody. They could just be like, you're a bad influencer.
1: Anybody who is not in line with uh, Mao's party, which is uh, one party ruling China today, CCP, China's Communist Party, and anybody who disagrees with the party policies, or trying to offer some suggestions to say we can improve China better, maybe by doing better economically, you all can be classified as the so-called black classes, five classes. They're under-oppressed. I was one of supposed to be oppressed called workers, peasants, Communist Party members, officials, People's Liberation Armies. Because communism is all about proletarians rule, workers unite, right? Have you heard that before, Marxist terms? Mm -hmm. Oh, you could call that equity, equity today. Do people even know that's a communist term? Equity, equal outcomes by forcefully doing Wealth redistribution? That's what the Mao did. He promised we're gonna have you know land taken from the rich, give to the peasants, we're gonna take over all the private properties like factories, industries, so we can give to the people equally. People always buy into that kind of uh, promise that never came. You know, never can
0: and how many people did he kill? to to enact that vision.
1: Under Mao, 20 to 40 million people storming to death during the Great <laughs> Leap Forward campaign he did from 1958 to 1961. Then, during his 10 years cultural revolution from 1966 to 1976, 20 million people died. Oh. Add those numbers together. Our kids have no idea when I tell them, do you know more people died under... Mao's communist China, then Hitler. Mm. No, did not know that. Too bad we don't teach, emphasize the horrors of uh, communism, especially under their mouth.
0: I went to Venezuela once, and I went to a, a protest. The people who were protesting were described as wealthier, more upper middle class, more successful business owners. And I noticed something interesting. That in a lot of places, you, you, you mentioned that people always buy this, this lie, that we're gonna take from the rich and give to the poor. Well, it's simple. They're, they're, they're saying we're going to give you stuff. And right. so for these people who are living, you know, it doesn't matter what class you are, being told you're gonna to get free stuff, people are like, I'll take stuff. So what ends up happening is I see, I see this with, you know, Occupy Wall Street, I see with other protests in other countries, they're, in many ways you'll see the poor people will protest when conditions are bad for the poor, and then when you get this inversion like in Venezuela where they take away the property from the middle class it was actually middle class and upper class people protesting because they couldn't su- they couldn't survive they couldn't succeed and they're the ones producing in the country so it was interesting it seems like in, in you know the the rightists or whatever are they're, they're of course going to oppose this effort to strip away the wealth and the resources they build and give it to other people i don't see how it's noble or honorable to take from somebody who, who has made a bunch of things by force within reason mind you to just give it away to everybody else arbitrarily especially when there's no agreement there's no social contract and that's one of the biggest problems we have today which is why so many libertarians say taxation is theft um i, I think there is a line but i, I do find it to be particularly interesting long story short it doesn't matter if it's communist china it doesn't matter if it's cuba venezuela or even the united states now in the united states they're saying the oppressors and the oppressed and they're using race to get what they want So now you have this idea, I guess, they're claiming, who are they claiming are the oppressors now? Typically white, cis, heteronormative men.
1: Right, you have your own new oppressors groups, you know, oppressed groups. But uh, see, to me though, it's not even about race or skin color. It's really about the cultural revolution, like Mao did, right? Because Mao will use critical class theory, to destroy thousands of years of Chinese civilization, culture, and uh, religion, arts, one third of cultural relics were destroyed. Yeah. Taiwan, Hong Kong people preserve more of traditional Chinese culture. Even beautiful, you know, like Chinese dresses were banned to wear during Mao time. I cannot lay my hair down like this. It's old style. I cannot wear beautiful, sexy woman's dresses because uh, that was a capitalist. So everything has to be in line, conform to collective society.
0: Well, here's what I think happened. Uh, in, in China, it was mostly mostly ethnically Chinese. So yeah, critical, cla- people. critical class theory yeah. is what you'd have to use right. in order to create your oppressed mm-hmm. and oppressor. Uh, the critical race theorist, notably Kimberly Crenshaw, wrote, the, uh, in her book, Critical Race Theory, that they called it Critical Race Theory so that people would understand that it came from critical theory, from Marxist ideology. And the idea conveyed in the book is that Marx didn't understand the racial dynamics that happened in the United States about who is the oppressor and who is the oppressed. And he seems to think, you know, his ideas of class only work in these old world, you know, ethnically homogenous places. So they needed to create a new framework that was race-based for the U.S., and this was back, I think it was like the late 70s, early 80s. And now it's come straight to the forefront, you know, some 30, 40 years later. Now it's in our schools. They're lying, saying it's not in our schools. But what's it, what, what, what they've done is they keep changing the goal, they keep moving the goalposts. Oh, it's not, it's not, uh, uh, um, you know, critical race theory. It's something else. Oh, it's not feminism. It's something else. Oh, we're just teaching people not to be bigots. And then every step of the way, they're, they're indoctrinating into this, these, this Marxist ideology. So we get caught up in things like critical race theory. I hear it from all the time from parents saying critical race theory in our schools, and I said, "Have you talked about critical theory in general or critical gender theory?" And they don't. So that's one of the things that keeps people kind of running in circles is the constant semantic debate. But it is in our it is in our schools now. It's critical race applied principle. Children are being taught all of these ideas in their in their curriculums, not just as a whole. So the teachers aren't saying open up your critical race theory books. The teachers are saying open up your science book and learn about the critical theory of the frog or something. (laughs) They're they're injecting the ideology. It's called praxis. They're putting it Mm -hmm. into the the literature. Now, these kids are going to grow up and they're going to, they're going to believe this stuff. They're going to be a part of that. So we may be 10 years away from our ideal, ideological, idealistic college kids. We already have them obviously, but imagine now all these grade school kids were being indoctrinated. Imagine when they're in school, And then there's some charismatic, cultural uh, Marxist uh, uh, leader who comes around. He's a little bit older, and he he rallies all of these kids now who are in their 20s. That could come here, and we will face a cultural revolution in, what, a decade?
1: Well, that's one of the similarities I see is to uh, indoctrinate our youth, make them religiously following so-called social justice movement, right? and follow all this critical race whatever new name they might give it so basically it is about the uh, um equity they just use race car use gender issues and, and you have to use identity politics to separate your citizens it's a typical maoist marxist way to do divide and conquer how do you divide people mao did by classes right five red five black And what are the Marxists doing in our country by race? If you trace back those uh, critical race theory, so people cannot sell communism very old-fashioned way by doing, oh, who is poor, who is rich. But they can sell to the um people sensitive, compassionate, buying the race game, race car, and look, you know, all those people who have different sexes, different genders, different races, skin color, they are oppressed. But they don't know. Oppressor versus oppressed, that's already typical Marxist, you know, theory, Maoist theory. Then further divide people into subgroups. You have to get people to fight each other, hate each other. Mao said Revolution is not dinner party. It's not embroidery. Revolution is about crush your enemies with a hammer. That's what the Communist Party symbol is, right? Mm-hmm. Use violence. Scare people. Were you scared last year when you say what's going on in our streets? Mao also used young people to top down the statues, destroy the cultural relics, and uh, looting door to door by red guards. Drunk hitting Go to searching the doors, get rid of all oh, the people have to burn books, hide their old dresses, and hide all the old Chinese arts, or give them away, bury them, so they don't go to concentration camps.
0: People don't get this. When, they don't when, get this. When, when the statues were being torn down. These are the stories we, we read about in these books. These were the, the, the movies we watched, where you see the image of the people throwing the ropes and toppling the statues. We we knew that this was a component of what was going on. And then we watched it happen for a year. And so many people in this country didn't care. And I saw these conversations. People would say, well, you know, Christopher Columbus was a racist or whatever. And I'm like, the point is, whether you agree or disagree, violent groups tearing down statues without public conversations, without any any democratic values. These are authoritarians who are imposing their will on everyone else. And no one asked for this. If you allow these people to keep doing whatever they want, and that's what's happened, eventually, they just take absolute authority, and then what they will do is substantially worse than what they're doing now. We had a man uh, on the show. He was, uh, uh, an act, he was a, a freedom fighter in uh, after the revolution in Cuba. He said if these people get real power, they'll start killing people.
1: Well, they did. I mean, how many people died? The most sad part is they get children turn on on their parents, grandparents, and uh, neighbors, friends. I learned my lesson. I can't trust my friends. Mm -hmm. My friend reported to teacher about I was bragging about my good grades in schools as seven years old. Oh, she was full of herself. She was overly confident bragging about her grades. She'll be first one to join Mao's Young Pioneer Group, read that red scarf. I was pushed back for a year not to join Mao's Young Pioneer to wear that red scarf. I was a red child. I was very competitive. I wanted to do it. I want to be first group to wear red scarf. I got a, a spy, a friend reported mm. to teachers. I got a call into teacher principal office to say, sorry, you are full of yourself in our collective society. Your individual expression, confidence are not allowed. You better to act like one of the other students. Keep your head down. Conform. I learned my lesson at the seven. I never forget that lesson. I never forget to remind myself, don't trust anybody in this society. Mm -hmm. And I become red guard later. And I become even communist youth member when I was in college. And after graduating from law school, I wanted to teach in Shanghai, I had to join Communist Party in order to teach a university, to teach law. Otherwise, where are your loyalty, you know? So I did all that. But I also learned in my back burner, ooh, I better not trust anybody. I need to be strategic what I say. Is that sad? I feel like that way today about America. I have to be careful about what I say. Mm. Why am I getting canceled? It's it, It's it's re- history is repeating itself.
0: How did you wake up to what was happening in China and, and decide to leave?
1: When Mao died, if you go to government schools, one party controls everything. So you go to schools and you hold a little Chi Mai Mao's red books and they ask you to chanting, Long live Chiang Mai Mao, long live the party. You literally chant for quite a long time. Then you see a song, say, Hey, my parents are dear, Chimai Mao is more dear, Chimai Mao is the rising sun from the east. All that stuff, right? All the red what called the red songs. Then I never challenge that. Like, oh, is, is Mao a god? Or human? I never ask that question. You are not allowed to ask those questions either. But I, my parents were in working poorer class. They they did not ask questions. So by the time Mao all of a sudden died, I was already 12 years old. I mean, he was like, my God, talking to me from clouds, smiling at me from the burning fire when we do Chinese stern fry. You have to put like a fire under the wok. He's like sometimes, because every day you say chanting, it was becoming like your religion. Communism was your religion. Mao was your God. So Mao would smile at me. And uh, so... If I go to exercise in the morning, everything is political. You cannot just say, I want to exercise because I want to look strong, look pretty. No, not right thing to say. You should say, I'm exercise to protect, turn my mouth and to protect my motherland. Oh, good child, good student, you get a pat on the back. So, that, so I learned to be a straight rat, right? Oh, I cannot really say what I really feel, but I have to make it. PC. So I can move up. So when I woke up, Mao died. That was the first time in my life I start to ask myself privately, uh, uh how, how, how did that happen? Did, did, did he die as a human? Did, did somebody lie to me? Mm-hmm. I had some brain left, you know, at a 12. Then, then later the communist party did come out to say, Hey, Mao was a human being. Cultural revolution was a mistake. Oh, I was totally lost. Imagine, your God is dead. <coughs> I just said, hmm, what's going to happen to me now? My generation, my parents' generation, and Red Guard generation went to concentrate for 10 years to, to worship and serve him, and then later lost 10 years' life without degree, without wife, without anything. How about those my uncle generations? I was lucky I did not go to countryside for 10 years because uh, I was too young. So people who are 5 years older, 7 years older than me, they all went to countryside. After Mao used the young people, he threw them under the bus, go to countryside, we don't need you anymore. I'm already become a godlike leader and the rule of law was gone. Police were told to stand down. Military was all loyal to the party. So people were killing people in the streets. Sounds familiar? No law Low no rule of law, low no order. Defund police, okay? So my, my uncle generation went to countryside. I was lucky to have even time to ask a question. What happened? So I decided I'm gonna search for truth by going to the best university which was all school shutting down during the cultural revolution, and I could go back to school and study for a few years before I could go to college, pass this national college exam. So I wanted to search for truth. Of course, in law school, my dream, my ambition was gone. I got lost again. That's when I started to wake up to say, maybe I should look for other options to get out of China. I will not be happy and free in this country. When I went to law school, first week, our professor said, what is law? It's called a law theory class, Soviet Union style. Law is not what you think, because I thought it was for justice. No, law is a tool for the party to use to govern the masses. It's the typical word, the masses. You are not an individual team. You are one of the numbers. You are one of the masses. So, that's my truth I was looking for. I could not change China to a society rule of law. It will be always ruled by men. By th- a few madmen, dictators who want to be tyrants and emperors. So I started to become really rebellious. College in the eighties was best years of my life up to that point because uh, we were going through cultural renaissance in the eighties and then Xiaoping said, Okay, then some people get rich first. Let the kids hair lay down, they can wear blue jeans, they can have dancing parties. So I went to dancing party every night. Did not even feel like study anymore. Just wanted to listen to classic music and even Chinese style rock and roll. I remember I learned disco in college in the 80s. and It was already over, right? It was 60s disco. But in the 80s, I was dancing disco in China on college campuses. That was great. First time you feel the freedom even shake your body. Because you cannot even move your body. You cannot dance. You cannot sing the songs you love. You cannot date. And you cannot wear beautiful clothing. I never know how to do makeup except lipsticks. All were capitalist styles were banned. So by the time I went to college, oh, I could do this call. Shake my body anyway, see fit. It was a truly a uh, liberation moment.
0: <laughs> but that was in China.
1: Yes, college campus in no. the 80s. Wow, I, I was in college, eighty-one to eighty-five.
0: But if but if that all that good stuff was happening, why would you
1: why would you leave? Well, when you were business college student, is one story. But when you get a job by the state, everybody got a guaranteed job. As a college student, there was no labor market yet. It was totally still communist kind of style economy, central planning. Everybody got a guaranteed job. So. I wanted to stay in Shanghai to teach because if I go back to Sichuan, Chengdu, it was more isolated. It was less Western. But we got foreign students and foreign professors on our college campuses. One American student changed my life. He told me about America. He put something in my head. Hey, Lily, come to my dorm. I show you something from America. I saw some piece of art and cool stuff. Mm -hmm. He showed me a pocket constitution. Wow. <laughs> oh, He was not supposed to. That's why he was not trusted for any college student to see a foreign student or foreign professor. You got to register. There's an old lady or old man as a gatekeeper there. Register my name, my major, my dormitory address. What are you going to talk about? Time in, time out, who are you going to visit? It's all tracked. So by the time I went to his dorm, he showed me this. He told me about Declaration of Independence. Just uh, my English was so bad, I couldn't understand. He just read to me very slowly. We held those truths to be self-evident. What? All men are created equal. What do you mean? What? Well, Lily, you are a woman, you are Chinese, you have yellow skin, but you are creator's daughter and son. Your rights come from God, not from your government. You have an individual right. Nobody can take away from you. That's in Americans' funding document. Uh, my light bulb just came on. I never heard of individual right. I have a right? Me, by myself? Not from my government?
0: 18
1: plus. You know what? Next time when I went back to see him, I refused to register. <laughs> My night bulbs were not turned off. <laughs> it's like I found some critical term called an individual right from God. I But I had to cheat because if you don't register, you get caught. The police will take you away. So I had to just, uh, when lady goes to put the tea, go to the bathroom, I will sneak upstairs. And I will run downstairs very quietly, and he told me more about constitution, separation of powers, and the right to vote, Bill of Rights, most important, Second Amendment right. It's like, wow, (laughs) this is, uh, can you imagine my feeling? Mm. It's like uh, I have this, uh, it's like uh, finally I was searching for something, and I found it as a junior year student in college. But still, I wasn't ready to leave China, because I still had a hope to change my country into rule of law. I just like what I heard from him, those new concepts. I just did not want to complain anymore. So I'm still continued to be with Venice College students, skip classes. You know what you do when you go to college that time? 6.30 in the morning. It's like a loud concentration camp in Germany. 6.30 in the morning, big speakers come on college campus. Dun, 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 dun. Time to wake up, students. Time to go to school. Time to go to work. You cannot sleep in, but you can wait until that's over. Be quiet, then sleep in. Skip classes. So I was very rebellious because I said, "What am I going to study law for?" I was told law is not for justice, but I still wanted to try. I haven't given up my dream, my ambition yet. But did,
0: did you see? I'm assuming you did at this time injustice. The the, the authorities hurting innocent people, arresting and rounding up innocent people.
1: No. Government control all radios, all TV stations, all peer articles, all newspapers. You only hear good news. But did Great. You,
0: did you ever witness it yourself?
1: I witnessed two neighbors. When I was growing up in a community courtyard where my parents lived with us, two neighbors disappeared. I witnessed people who have better positions inside the state factories, got a better food rationing coupons. And I had to babysit because everything they, says, they said supposed to be free. They were never free except our community courtyard. But a family share one bathroom, one water faucet. Would you like to live there? You know, the hell no, it's like so primitive. You know, when you talk about poverty, that was real poverty. So, so I went through that, but I did not know how really bad this uh, dictatorship, one party system is. I was very patriotic. I, I was brainwashed. To love my motherland, love the party until I went to college. I become rebellious. Then my night bulbs came on, but I still graduated. I got a job in Shanghai to become a faculty member of a law school. That's when reality kicked in. I could not even go to dancing party anymore because every university department, guess what, controlled by who? Communist Party committee. They are in your university with every department With, if you have a business today, private business in China, you have over a hundred employees, the party committee will be on your side. Supervise you. Make sure there's no any threat to national security. So when I become law school faculty, they say, well, you got to change, you got to join the Communist Party because you teach law. Law is a state government tool to govern the masses. So I did that. So, but, after one year, I just feel like, oh my god, I cannot ever have academic freedom. I could never do what things I wanted to do. So I decided, here's a country called America. Maybe I should plan my escape. The, uh, you need a permission to leave, Tim, to get a passport to quit your job. It's not like oh, I'm just gonna pack my bag and leave. No, they track you by household registration. So you, my household registration was in Chengdu. So my legal status was my family in Chengdu. But I have my personnel file individually in Shanghai. So I cannot just pack up leave. you supposed to stay where you supposed to stay. So when I tried to come to America, I had to change my attitude. I had to change my strategies to butter up my Communist Party committee for him to give me permission to quit my job to leave for America. It was two years, long process, and you cannot trust anybody to tell anybody, I plan to leave. I will never go back. No, don't say that. <laughs> so I basically say, well, I need to go to university to get a master' degree so I can come home, serve my country better. And uh, so he said, well, your attitude is not good. You were not speaking up, support party policies during your weekly political study meetings. So I say, okay, I'll do better. So I started to go to my weekly meetings and and remember, my my light bulb came on. I was most time sitting there quiet, C- don't say anything because I don't buy into that anymore. But I had to change my behaviors. Okay, I support the policy. Great, good news. You wanted to leave, so finally no. I got his permission to go apply for passport to go to graduate school in UT Austin, Texas. That was 1988.
0: So before we get into what it was like when you first, you know, are getting out of China, I wanted to ask you, experiencing, you said, you, na- neighbors disappeared?
1: Yes, for no reason. And recently, recently, one of my junior high school students used to be on wheelchair. He disappeared too. All of my junior school good friends in my hometown, they don't know where he is.
0: When you, so when you were younger, did you understand what it was to have someone disappeared
1: no, I just know the adults sometimes whisper. I was a child. I I live in that courtyard until we were about sixteen to move to another better place. But this eight-family shared courtyard, never I was always curious when the people were talk about something like comments on society, the government. I would like to ask a question. They always say, "Shh, quiet. Go go there, sit there. You child, don't say anything." I just heard. People just gone, I don't know what happened to them, not supposed to ask questions, and there's no trial, no say nothing, no notification. Don't know what happened.
0: Did you ever realize as you got older what was going on?
1: now I know people what? disappear all the time, even yeah. when I was in law school, I did not know. I also did not know lots of people starving to death i I did not know any of those. I just wanted to base it. I was young. I just wanted to have some personal freedom. I want to um, be left alone, so I decided I should come to a free country so I can be left alone. That's all I wanted. I did not know how ugly actually China society was.
0: What was what was it like to learn of the First Amendment when you were shown that pocket constitution?
1: Freedom of free to speak and free to assemble. Free. You know what? It's kind of funny. They had all that in the Chinese constitution, too, <laughs> and the Soviet, but they never, never existed in reality. They, but well, so uh, why believe him? So, but the most important, when he told me that the U.S. actually has a separation of powers, that was most shocking to me. It's, oh, we have a three branch of government. You get to vote literally as a citizens. Like, really? You know, my first time I voted in the United States? It was the year of two thousand. I was thirty six years old. First time to vote in my entire life. I took this right so seriously where lots of people don't even vote. But they run you over anyway, if you don't vote, like some people don't vote. But you know, you you, you if you think I'm not political, I don't need to vote, I don't need to choose my own you know, like a rulers, they they don't leave you alone. They have interest in you where you are not interested in politics. They want to control you, dominate you, and take take away more of your private property, even your self-ownership of your body. Look at what's happening last year and this year, right? So that's what communists do. So when I realized, oh, I could come to this country later, become citizen, vote, choose who represents me, that was a huge deal. Of course, this religious freedom, we were shut down. All religions during Mao's Cultural Revolution, my grandmother, my mom were Buddhist. And all of a sudden we could not go to Buddhist temple to say, Buddha bless me anymore. Because that was not PC. You need to say long never shut my mouth. Don't say long, you know, Buddha bless me. So, I, I, in order to become young pioneer red card, I could not tell people we were Buddhist. That would be stupid. That's I, black class.
0: <laughs> I think maybe the the most shocking thing may have been the discovery of the Second Amendment. Yes. What, 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 what were you thinking when you discovered Americans can just
1: have guns? I could not even comprehend that. <laughs> and I could not comprehend that. I just thought, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Because uh, in China, it's illegal. You go to straight to jail, right? I want to tell you a funny thing. When I first come to this country... I was afraid of guns. I was afraid to touch it. Mm. It's like a gun is going to jump on me and kill me or something. Then my husband, I married to a Texan, right? I went to gun range, <laughs> and he they showed me. First time I went to gun range, I scared them a lot because I just say, "Oh, what is this?" Start to people say, "Oh, no, 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 lady, you you never pick up gun like that. That's not responsible. You could kill somebody." You number one rule: you never point at a person, right? So I said, okay. So they show me how to use it and how to practice, this or that. So I started to feel a little bit comfortable. And and when I fired first shot, it was very scary. It was loud, even <laughs> though I had ear plug. And then kickbacks like, oh, no. it, it was horrible. I was horrible. I said, oh, it's better I don't touch guns. So I was still afraid of guns. But after I become citizen, learned about uh, my rights, and especially let the uh, Tiananmen Square... Massacre happened when you say citizens and the students, peaceful protesters were slaughtered. And I start to really appreciate a second amendment. You could bake the tankers, soldiers to stop. Please don't kill our students, they are our brightest, best, like the Beijing citizens did. So Deng Xiaoping had to get his troops from outside of Beijing because Beijing soldiers could not do it wow. because they know, they know. Oh, they're just peaceful protesters. They just won't have a dialogue with uh, the party officials. They were not talking about overthrow government at all. So Deng Xiaoping went to Hubei, Wuhan area to get the troops come in. They're all indoctrinated. We have a county revolutionary in the Beijing. Go to crush them.
0: They knew the power of college students. They used the the young ideological college students in the first place. So naturally, they understood that these these people would bring about change. Yes, they stopped them.
1: So, so if you are not in line, you are labeled to be county revolutionaries. Very sad. Since nineteen eighty nine, the case is sealed. Those students are counter-revolutionary according to China's law. So their moms, dads were waiting for years trying to get the case overturned, even just get a little bit better name for their children who died that day. They couldn't do it. It's a banned word on internet. You cannot even search. Tiananmen Square
0: did Massacre. You, did you know about Tiananmen Square Massacre when you were living in China?
1: Oh, I was here in 1988. Oh, okay. So I watched the whole thing. I was so sad. And I had a friend who worked for Xinhua News Agency in Beijing. They were there for entire six weeks, peaceful protest period, to feel excited. And they were just uh, hoping, oh, no, no, no crackdown. No, no, we just want to have a dialogue. We're not counter revolution. We're not violent criminals. And, uh, so that night, they heard the gunshots. One girl came back to office. Xinhua News Agency, the propaganda arm of the Chinese Communist Party. Young college graduates, that night, all cried. They lost hope. My friends, I don't know where they are today. Gone.
0: you think the state took them?
1: Some disappeared, some went to jail. I think this guy who worked for Xinhua News Agency, I think he left country. I don't know where he is today. Maybe Australia. I don't know. He should find me if he knew I, I'm in America. But I don't know where they are. He even told me, I'm not going to have children. I'm not going to get married. Maybe that's the you know, least thing I can do, so-called contribute to my motherland. I'm going to be gone. I'm not going to have kids in this country. So most educated people are gone, you know.
0: I could not imagine wanting to leave America. I understand, though. Actually, I took that back. You know, growing up in the United States and then working for companies where I've traveled all over the world, I've seen how amazing America is because you take it for granted not being here or you take it for granted being here. I mean, Mm. when I started traveling around covering conflict and crisis in other countries and then seeing what the rules and the laws were, I was in Thailand, for instance, you couldn't even paraphrase disparagement of the royal family. It's Les Majestés. It's It's a crime, even as a journalist, to say if it let's say you know Ian disparaged the, the crown I could not as a reporter say Ian Crossland made a comment disparaging the crown that itself was a crime and so I remember having conversations with foreign journalists and one accidentally ins- referenced someone insulted the king and then panicked and started looking around making sure because even as a foreigner you can get in trouble yes then I come back to America and I'm going through the security line and I see the the the, the border CBP and they're looking like yeah 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 and I'm like I see the American flag and I'm like wow I know that different, huh? I can say screw off to the president all day and night and laugh, and I can say it into the face of these federal these federal agents, these officers, and they'd look at me like a weirdo, and I'd be like, hey, I'm just saying it because I love America. I, I didn't say that, obviously. Yeah. I'm saying, like, you can, You you and, and, and it's, it's crazy. Now, with what we're seeing with all this critical race theory stuff, now I understand when when, when I hear these stories about Cuba, Venezuela, China, the Soviet Union— that if these things do keep happening here in the United States and they do get as crazy as uh, they get crazier than they are, then I would understand, you know, why someone would flee their country. And that's scary to me because America is the last best hope, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of countries in the world. Some of them are pretty good. Uruguay's pretty chill. But America is is something unique with that constitution, that Bill of Rights. And if we don't defend it and we lose it, then, then what, what do we have? Where do we go?
1: That's why I probably come out and i funded with another Vietnamese-American, uh, New Hampshire-Asian-American coalition. Our first rally was about "Stop critical race theory indoctrination. We had uh, 250 people showed up. And uh, we had uh, about 12 people on this stage when we ended the event holding signs all men are critical equal in their own native language. Japanese, Thai, Chinese, and, uh, you know, all kind of languages to say, you know what, people even don't know what we're saying. We just hold the signs and say this one short sentence until the last guy, an uh, American guy, and, uh, and he's black, and he hold the signs and beautifully, like all men are created equal. Then we play the song, the Charles, called the American, the Beautiful, Oh, it was a very positive, unifying moment. All those immigrants come from all over the world. Think America is exceptional mm-hmm. country, the only country you can come to achieve American dream. I, I get emotional when I think about that. Like, American dream. Where can you achieve American dream? And I was just uh, so touched by watching them. Oh, my God. It's like... We defend America. America is not a systemic racist country. Otherwise, why would we all want to come? You know, sorry about that. <laughs> it's a emotional.
0: and I, I agree. I grew up here. I grew up in Chicago. I grew up being told a lot of things by leftists, anarchists. You know, we didn't have critical race theory back then, but we certainly had class theory. And so when I was younger, I heard all about, you know, the 1%, the rich, and I have, I still have some, some, um, libertarian, uh, I consider myself to be left libertarian. I think libertarian comes first in that you can't force people to do things. You have to come to agreements and find cooperation and, and negotiate. There has to be mutual agreements. And it really wasn't until, uh, uh, I started traveling the world and seeing what other countries are like that I started to realize, man, we really do have something special here. I think America has its share of bad history. What country doesn't? The history of the world is fairly bad. But we've certainly made something special, and I think you hit the nail on the head. If it really was so awful and racist, why would everyone want to come here?
3: 18 plus
1: well that's why i feel like uh you know i learned about the slavery history you know no country is ever perfect and uh, we all have our issues we need to deal with that's why it's so important for all these citizens with diversity ideas minds thoughts skills to come together have a conversations how are we going to solve our problems we face. How we're gonna help our communities, our families. But that's what America is about. We all are multi-part immigrants from somewhere many years ago. How, how could we condemn each other? How could we it If you were born white, you're racist. Your ancestors were racist. But I, I come here, I'm supposed to be victim oppressed as a Chinese immigrant. I came here with nothing, nothing, $100 borrowed. And I owe my professor sponsor $1,200 in debt. I could not even speak English. I was about 24 years old. I walk away from a country, my family, friends, and uh, in a foreign land. And American people open their arms to welcome me to offer me their homes, free items, kitchenware, blankets, clothing because I was a poor graduate student. And I lived in Austin, Texas, a traditionally very wide neighborhood. Well, they were so warm to me.
0: Let's start from the beginning because we 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 left off, you know, you had just you had left China. So, tell me what what it was like you you're, you're finally leaving China, coming to America. You knew and no one else did. You had been planning this for years, convincing everyone around you that you loved the party, that you were working for the party, and that with your new degree from America, you could come serve the Chinese Communist Party. But really, in the back of your mind, once you got on that plane, you were going to go cross that border in America. You were going to stay in America. So, so what was that like?
1: So when I get the permission to leave, here's a trick. My party boss said, okay. I will give you paper to go apply for your passport even though I got into graduate school on my own time, on my own time, my own efforts, find American sponsor, all that stuff. Then he said you must come back, serve your country, write down, sign this agreement. Or two conditions. Two consequences. We're gonna kick you out of party, number one. I didn't care about that, right? That's no big deal, you know, you know, I didn't want to join in first place. Number two I told you about household registration, where you're supposed to stay, where you registered as a ho- family, which is Chengdu. Then your personnel file who travel with you, secret file that the Chinese um, Communist Party officials and your employers share with each other. You are not allowed to see what's inside. Your family, parents were never allowed to see what's inside. My personnel file was in Shanghai with me when I was working in Shanghai. If I don't go back, they're going to send my file back to Chengdu. Sichuan, western province, like to so Tibet. So I will lose opportunity to have a better career, better living standard, better pay in Shanghai, getting my law school job back. That was a tough one. That really pushed me to the corner. I better make it in this country. I don't know how. I didn't have anything to start with. Couldn't even speak the language. I just had this big ambition and big determination. I'm going to make it. I'm gonna make it. I don't want to come back to this one party rule state. I want to be free. I want to have a prosperity. I want to get rich. That's how I told my friends, please, I'm going to America. I need a hundred bucks. I did not have that money. Ten dollars here, write down their name. Ten dollars here, borrowed. I'm gonna get rich. I'm gonna pay you back. Twenty percent interest. How is that? I raised a hundred dollars, come to this country. And, uh, but I was uh, still I was still a little bit scared because I really don't know how I'm going to pay bills. You know what? I feel so blessed. The first night I come to this country, my sponsor picked me up, 1988 May 11th at Austin Airport. Let's go see your mm, neighborhood because uh, he lives next door to my um, graduate school dean. So let's go say hi to your dean first. I said I'm tired. I was airsick. I threw up during my flight. I looked pale. Oh, my whole family is waiting. So I showed up at the door, lock on the door, and here's this uh, very earthly mother, like dean professor, said, "Welcome to Texas," with a garden rose, a red rose from her garden, and then she turned around to say, "Meet my oldest son, John," and then another son, you know, other kids behind John. So I met my future husband the first night I arrived in Austin, Texas. And I thought I just came over from one point, some two bin in Chinese. And he looked really dark blue eyes and big nose. So I thought he looked alien like. <laughs> and, but he was very nice <laughs> to me. And he said, would you like to visit campus next day? And uh, very slowly my English was not good. I said, okay, okay. I was, uh, they thought I was shy, but because I could not speak English, I was tired. I was sick. So next day he took me to tour the UT Austin campus. And took me to dinosaur museum. And all I heard is source and source and source. I don't know what kind of dinosaur. I said, can I go home sleep? Because I'm really tired. And he was very patient. So I learned English from him. I will write down my new vocabulary, find a dictionary to learn English. And his mom was next door. Later, when I needed a place to stay, and uh, then his mom and next door neighbor, they all offered me free room to stay so I could pay back my debt. And for two months as a research assistantship, I only made $500 uh, a month. But when I got my first two months check, oh, that was such a wonderful feeling. I was lying in bed. Look at my first two months salary, $900 for two months. And I could not sleep. I was so excited because that time $1 equal to five Chinese yuan or something. That was not money, the most money I never made. I did not own anything in China. I did not even own myself. I only had a used bike. So now I have nine hundred dollars in my check. Oh, I was exciting, you know.
0: When did you tell people that you were not going back to China, and what was that like?
1: Well, what happened? Uh, the nineteen eighty nine Tiananmen Square massacre happened. So they did not single me out because four hundred thousand Chinese students got the Bush refugee status. Because if you protest, raise money, which we did, you could go to China, face potential hardship, prosecution, political, you know, prosecution. So we we could stay, and so because of that reason, they couldn't send out all the four hundred thousand people because of Tiananmen Square massacre. So thank goodness for that, I could go back to China to visit my families with my American husband later. Wow. To introduce him, he didn't uh, say, "Let's go back to China." Before I had to, uh, like, uh, marry him, so so that your family can blessing us. I said, "No, I have to get the permission from long distance away because I'm student. I'm still on student visa. If we go to China, they can stop me to say you cannot come back to the United States. Now my nightmare will happen again. So I had to convince my family to say." He's a really nice guy. Here's a mom, dad, brother, sister, um, traditional Texas, nice family, what they do, their pictures. And here's Jiang's picture and me. I see just pretend that he's like a very excellent Chinese young man, except he has blue eyes and big nose, you know. so <laughs> say, okay, let's give her a lesson so then she can come home with guaranteed return ticket. So we, I married myself out in a church. And my sponsor was my acting father to give me away. And uh, I had a godmother um, in Texas, and she acted like my mother. And uh, it was a beautiful wedding. And, but I did not have anybody from my family to attend. I had their family portraits on the table in the church to say, hey, they're watching me. That's how I married myself. Then took my husband back to visit, and they all loved him.
0: But why wouldn't the, the party... Make you stay then? After, I mean, you had been gone. You, you, you broke the rules, didn't you?
1: Well, because they, I'm just one of the 400,000 people. I did not go to Shanghai to work. They probably even did not know I went back to visit oh, it. Wow. Because I did not go to say, can I have my job back? Well, I couldn't have my job back. my, I mm. already broke the rule, right? But in order to go back, and um, I, I still had a Chinese passport that time. And it was okay because I was one of the four hundred thousand students got a political refugee status because the US government wow. offered that. So I was lucky in that regard. I could go back to find my family, they saw my children later, you know, they and they threw a party for us, like a it's like a the wedding celebration afterwards we got married, but in Chinese style, you know.
0: <laughs> you were you were saying that, you know, even in, in China like a couple of years before you left you had been planning this thing, you had been rebellious. Do you think you would have been protesting? during the, the Tiananmen Square protests or in, in, in any way? I don't, I don't think you were there. You, you weren't, right?
1: I was in Shanghai, not yeah. in Beijing. But uh, the June 4th <clears throat> Tiananmen Square students' protests were happening all over the China. So when I went back, year of uh, like 1990 with my husband, guess what? My family acted really weird. We would say hi to neighbors, have friends come over, have a big face. When everybody's gone, just my favorite uncle and his wife left in the room. Then they locked the door. Now tell us, what do you know? See? Wow. They were asking me, what do I know about the Tiananmen Square 1989? What is the foreign press saying? What did I see on TV? I told them the truth. They did not know the truth, but they saw with their own eyes. Students even in Chengdu protested and got crushed. So the crush of students is everywhere in China, not just in Beijing. Only thing you saw on CNN. But they were all over. I had a friend in Shanghai. He got thrown into jail. He came to this country later as a graduate student and swear to God he will never go back to China. He even become Christian. And he's working, living in North Carolina. He said, no, I will never go back. Probably he's on blacklist. He went to jail before, Right he doesn't have a good record to go back to and uh, so we we talk sometimes and and he's very busy now he's not very politically active but he tell me though well oh, I, I really don't want to go back to China you know I don't care I, I I care more about what's happening in America now
2: oh I I was thinking when you were saying they locked the door and they were asking you in the room what happens like now today they can listen with like telescopic radio. And and listen to people talking in their houses. Mm-hmm. Ladies so on a window. Or how difficult like it is to get the information around when the government goes haywire. It's getting more. It seems like it's getting more difficult. Maybe it's getting easier too in some ways that I don't know. Underground.
1: Well, it's all social media now. Called WeChat. You have groups, so you have to be careful in China. Um, people, um, I don't know what they do with their cell phones when they talk about sensitive stuff. Because everything can be tracked by your cell phone. the Chinese government even banning cash now. Every financial transactions is your, your cell phone. When you go get your cell phone, brand new cell phone, the cell phone company, which is semi-governmental, they scan your face. They get your voice recording. Then give you the number. Then hook up with your bank account. And now your vaccine record, vaccine passport sounds familiar. So everything is on your cell phone. Everybody has a cell phone. It's very cheap to get. Then they built 4G, 5G network all over the country. 300, 300 million public facial recognition cameras in public places in China today. In a few years, will be 600 million. For every two citizens in China, you have one camera watch you. <coughs> And those are huge cameras, not like little traffic cameras you saw here. Huge. I saw them before. And they are in Xinjiang, the Uyghur place, everywhere. Watch people. You could not even talk to your relatives overseas Mm. without somebody next to you listening, say what you're saying. So it's uh, people always say, why Chinese just comply? I say, well, first of all, the government propaganda, Got lots of people in the cities brainwashed. Some even think social credit system is good for the society. All the bad behaviors are gone. But how about citizens' voices? How about dissidents' voices? Ah, it doesn't matter, you know. So if your social credit score system, your score is low, you cannot buy train tickets to travel. Forget about flying. Forget about getting your passport, leave the country. And your kids cannot even go to good schools. You cannot get a mortgages. And you cannot even say something on your WeChat because your account was shut down. Hey, sounds familiar in America? You self-censor all the time. Don't say anything that you will get shut down or your score will be low. You cannot get a job. Your kids cannot get a health care benefit. Cannot go to good school. Now they are forcing people getting vaccinated, and uh, everybody has to no exemptions. And uh, I, I, some people will cross the firewall, which is the internet blocker, use a VPN and watch my video interviews. Maybe hopefully they will watch this one too, and they will tell me, Lily, please tell Americans don't let America. To becoming like China, because we have a hope in China. If America is free, and you tell them, you tell them, don't become like us. You speak for us, voiceless people in China. Every time when I get a message like that, I'm just like so moved, touched. It gave me more courage to continue to speak up. You know, so, same way I do here.
0: So you you came to America, and it was a lot better. And you had a you, you got married. You had kids. You had a good life. At what point? did you start to see the signs in America that was similar to what was happening in, with the Communist Party in China?
1: I was very naive. When I first came to this country, I feel so happy, so free, even though I did not have money, did not speak English. I just focused on school, English, culture, and, of course, dating Jiang. We got married 18 months later. Once we got married, we focused on our graduate degree. We finished graduate degree, took him back to China. I was pre- pregnant with our first son. Boom, boom, boom. Something happened very quick. So guess what happened? You gotta make money. After graduate school, you gotta get jobs. So you have to get the jobs and raise kids and for 20 years, I was not political. I just wanted to live in peace in, and trying to achieve my American dream. My husband had student loans. We were even sent to Hong Kong, work there for two years, and he paid off all his student loans with my help. I got a full-time job too, doing international trade in Hong Kong, 1996 to ninety-eight. I love Hong Kong. It's so sad what happened today. But then I come back to this country. What happened is my American dream got interrupted. I got laid off by corporate America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in telecom industry 2000, collapsed. So I got laid off and we had a big house, mortgage to pay, our you know, dream house with three kids. I started my business. I always wanted to be self employed. So but my first eight years not profitable. But that gave me time to study English, to get involved. I said well since I'm American citizen now, I better learn how this democracy works. So I start to read. I start to go to HOA meetings. I become like a board member of HOA, charter school board member, later chairwoman, a fire a principal on my watch. And still, I wasn't threatened until I go to state capital to become student inter for free to learn how state capital, state government is running. And I saw all the people there asking for taxpayers' money. All special interests. So I told my husband, I was kind of depressed today. I went there. Nobody represent us. Middle class working man, woman who pay taxes, raise family. All special interests. Lots of bureaucrats representing their special interest organizations, government agencies. But I still was focused on my business, trying to make money. I got even involved 2009 in real estate. The only reason I woke up is uh, I was independent for many years. I become Republican. And on 2008, when crash happened with, when, when the, when banks were bailed out, I got really upset. Free market failed. Now we need to bail the banks, tarp money. Remember the bailout and that all the Patriot Act start to track um, American citizens privacy. It's like a, oh, something's not right here. And I start to have a better English, read the books, and study history. And I even read this book, really opened up my mind, called Free to Choose. Mm. Free market economics, Milton Friedman. Then later, you know, the Agnes Shrugged. It's like all that just, I never heard those ideology before. Only know two parties, I only know government do some, government do this, government help us. I never thought about there were other options. It's called Free Market. A free enterprise and private charity and a private community individual help each other. So I start changing. I start to go into some uh, different kind of meetings. And uh, then the more I got involved with politics, the more scared I become. Why, why are people using Marxist terms in this country? Why are they talking about government should be bigger and bigger and the free stuff? Get people free stuff and turn people renowned government? You know how dangerous that is when you rely government? They take everything away overnight. They enslave you. They track you. You do what I say. Oh, well, I don't give you food. I don't give you health care. I don't give you schooling. So I become more libertarian. Say, oh, we need to have a bigger individual, smaller government. So I start to get more active in politics. My first time test fight ever it was Colorado, State House, they're trying to ban our magazines, limited magazines, for AR 15s. So I went there, testified in 2013, even wrote my first opinion piece published to say, We don't want this here. Otherwise, look, the Tiananmen Square massacre, maybe people will fight instead of get killed, run over by government. We cannot compromise the Second Amendment. That's the first time I testified. and uh, But then they passed anyway, party line. So I become liberty activist ever since 2014. I run for state house in Colorado and I got involved with the Libertarian Party because I left the Republicans when when they upset me. When they left me, I saw they left me. They left their own platform behind and I just care about our liberty. I don't care about all those politician rhetoric. I run again 2016 because 2016 running for U.S. And Senate gave me unlimited time to talk about my stories, to get interviews like this in Colorado. And uh, I thought, wow. Actually, whenever I go tell my stories, people give me big hands. I need to do more of this. They obviously want to know more about my stories, what happened to us. So I volunteered to be speaker in the classrooms for middle school, high school, college students. So I had a sponsor called the Victims of uh, Communism Memorial Foundation based in DC. I'm on their Speaker's Bureau. So students, teachers, principals could request, oh, we need the eyewitness of communism from China to speak to us. Then boom, I will fly there, go to their classroom, teach students. It was so satisfying when I saw students' eyes open up like this, like I did when I was a senior, like a um, junior year in college, when I heard those new concept, right? Our students don't know much about horrors of communism. That's why they're also our schools are one side dominating. They do not teach you all kinds of ideology for you to choose. No. How many students heard about libertarianism? How many students heard about other philosophers? It's all about Marxism now. Divide and conquer. They don't use Marxism, but they talk about race. 1619. Critical race theory, equality, diversity, including training. America is a racist country. Mass is racist. How crazy is that? Two plus me? two equals five. Yes. So number one rule for the party. I know this. Just like 1984. Number one rule. Party is always right. Number two, repeat the same talking points every day, even though they're big lies. Every day, repeat it. Every day, same time. Everybody, every media, the lies will become truth. People will no longer question. Uh is United States learning from Chinese Communist Party tactics? Why, if they are taking their hardcore tactics, why we got to ask that question? I'm sorry, <laughs> the in oh, no, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, American citizens need to ask more questions. Mm. And it doesn't matter how much you're afraid to be caught. You are
2: racist. Uh, That's why I like hearing it from your perspective because it's not just like... It's like I'm able to figure it out on my own through your vision. Like kind of seeing what you saw, it's almost like I went through it. So I'm able to re-realize how important it is.
0: You you mentioned uh, the Democratic... uh, uh, you see, the Democratic Party, or the American government, or whatever. But uh, I'll just, I'll just rephrase it. We had uh, uh, Jack Posobiec on the show, and he's mentioned this a couple times. That we all believed that if we opened up to China and we went there and said, "Look at all of our amazing capitalism! Look at our amazing constitution!" that they would say, "This is brilliant, and we want to adopt it." Instead, what happened was that many politicians went over to China and said, "Wait a minute! You built this building. How fast was it done?" You, you mean you just snapped your fingers and you just removed the residents and then got to build your building? You mean you built this road in how many days? Wow, in America, we have to deal with all this bureaucracy. How do we do it? And so the idea, I suppose, is that what ended up happening was Americans realized that it's faster and easier if you just trample over people's rights. And the Chinese Communist Party certainly figured it out. Now they started importing that here. Why? Why bother with going to a court To, because you've got to deal with one person's rights. It's like that movie Up. You ever see that movie Up? Where the old man has the home and the city is built around it, but he won't sell it and they want to take it from him, but he refuses. So what starts is this little house on a, on a hill. And then after, you know, 30 years or so, there's skyscrapers everywhere. They want to build the building, but his house is still there and they can't just take it from him. Well, that movie wouldn't happen in China. It would be
1: banned. Well, probably. (laughs)
0: But if you made the movie Up, in China, it would be three minutes long where the guy says, you can't have my house. And they say, you never own the house in the first place. And then they just steamroll it and then build a building.
3: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. <laughs> Chum-ma. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com
1: Well, during the urbanization process of China's so-called modernization building, you know, skyscrapers, high-rise housing, they actually mislocated lots of people. And uh, you talk about Edmund domains bad in America. Talk about China. Uh, you know, they, I have a friend in New York City now. She's a political refugee. She had a 10 years, 15 years factory producing product services during the economic boom. And she got rich because of that. All of a sudden, the local government said, we need your land to build high-rise housing. Because land belongs to the state, remember, all the lands, all the natural resources belong to the state in China. If you build something, it's only the structure on top of the land is yours. But even for that, they want to flat it, and she went to court. Did not want them abolish her factory. Then court even said, "It is her factory. You cannot do this." It doesn't matter. One party rule. They control courts. They control everything. So the local government, like mafia, they bulldozed her factory and she had to flee to come to this country in order to try to get her story told. She even trying to handle her paper to the, and she, when she was visiting here. So when people talk about, oh, it's so efficient for the Chinese government to build this, build that, they also are very efficient. To put one million people in concentration camps in Xinjiang today and harvesting people's organs and arresting disappearing human rights lawyers and citizen journalists who don't have a license to practice to report. So do we want to become like them? Democracy? Constitutional Republic? You have a process. Everybody is entitled to fair trial, fair process of voting to decide what to do. You cannot just wipe out like during last year. Your constitutional rights don't even matter because we have a pandemic. Maybe Chinese leaked pandemic virus with the purpose of wake our economy and cancel all Western countries' citizens' rights. So we'll be taken over by communists.
0: You know what I've been saying is... To the people who've read the books like uh, 1984, did you think that the totalitarian regime wouldn't have an excuse? Did people believe when they read 1984 that the party that seized control one day just got up and said, we are taking control, and everyone said, okay, I guess? No. It's always an excuse. It's like V for Vendetta. You've, you, have you seen V for Vendetta? You should yeah, definitely oh, yeah. see that movie. It's great. Movie? Okay. Yeah, yeah it's a great it's, – well, it's, it's, it's a graphic novel series, um, but the movie is fantastic. And it, it it's a story about a totalitarian regime. It, it's in uh, the UK, and for them, it was it was a virus. There was, I think, it was called the Saint Mary's virus in the film. That people got scared. Pharmaceutical company then started coming out with the cure that made tons of people rich. The party members all coincidentally got really, really wealthy, and it was their excuse for seizing control. People were scared, and so they gave up that control. But there's always some excuse. I love animal. Have you read
2: Animal Farm? Oh yeah, it's it's also George Orwell, and it's basically I read it after I read 1984, but it's like a version of what could lead up to 1984. Yeah, you see the farm and the workers take over because the farmer's not doing a good enough job. They throw them out. Then the smartest of the workers seem to take control of the party. And uh, the pigs, it's a short book. And yeah. the Isn't famous it?
1: saying that there are some animals always more mm. equal than <laughs> others, <laughs> right? I know that. Like today, our tyrants, governors, mayors, and all of the public health, and bureaucrats, politicians, we get to told: stay home, no travel, don't say goodbye to your loved ones, and shut your business for public good. That's what they told us in China. It's always an excuse to take away your rights and liberty. It's for public good. It's for public health. It's for society stability. And you're not human beings. You stay home. You must do this. You must do that. Do they have this authority to tell another human being? Those people are not gods. They're not angels. They're not even actually decent politicians. They're corrupted tyrants. And they tell me how to live my life here. I was like, a hell no. Hell no. We need to march. Like European people did last weekend. Like the Greek people did. Last weekend, we, people who love freedom, who have human dignity, need to unite in the world. There are so many tyrants, all want to become the rulers, the masters, to control us, to have so much power. is that nice, like a lord of rain? I'm going to wear this one rain. I have unlimited power. I watch those movies, it's like, wow. Mm. absolutely power corrupts absolutely and what is wrong with Americans today who believe authority if it a sales you fear you're gonna just uh, lie down live on your knees and stay home and shut your business government give me some unemployment checks give me some stimulus and now inflation is coming it's like largest increase on your taxes when inflation is so big it hurts the working class it hurts the poor but they don't understand economics. Oh, how come our kids don't even study a book called Economics 101 that tells you they don't want you to become smart. You want to dumb down you. That's easy to sell your fear because you are afraid. If you are afraid, you stay home. You're don't fam- go
0: out. You're familiar with uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez?
1: Oh, of course. I challenge her, debate her, but she totally ignored me because I'm nobody.
0: She has an economics degree and recently on Twitter failed to define capitalism. She had started a business, she was selling merchandise, she was criticized for engaging in capitalism and being a socialist, and then she said that that's not capitalism. Capitalism is when wealthy people exploit the working class and just some very ideological and biased view of what capitalism actually means. Capitalism actually is a really simple definition. The private, uh, private markets, private enterprise, the private exchange of goods and the private trade, and socialism is the public control of, of of the means of production so a capitalist system there there and there and there's uh, um in-betweens you can be you can have a mixed economy we have a bit of a mixed economy yeah uh, we
1: don't have a total actually pure capitalism at all that's why people cannot understand when they support Bernie Sanders and demonize capitalism they think what we have is corporatism is capitalism so they feel like injustice of course, there's lots of income gaps and there's a super rich and super poor. You know, you have that in all this society. But what is our alternative? You want 100 million people die and you want 1% of ruling class over you? So what is our alternative? We just, that's why we need to have a conversations. How we are going to improve our lives through more like a fair competition? That means that we actually free market, real free market capitalism. Everybody's equal. Instead of now, we're talking about Oh, only the billionaires, they can shut you down, they can lock you up, and they can sell you the things you must buy because no more competition left. Because they want to make more money. That's not real capitalism. It's in bed with government to have a monopoly. That's totally wrong. That's not fair to regular common men.
0: There's never going to be the equality in, in in terms of class, the way these these class theorists believe that you could implement communi- communism and then all of a sudden people are even on an even footing because some people are still going to be taller. Some people are still going to be shorter. Some people are still going to be faster or stronger or weaker or slower. And some people are going to be smarter and the smart people will figure out how to navigate these systems and succeed. And the people who aren't as smart will probably struggle in, th- in that regard. And there's nothing you can do to change it. I, I, yeah. I don't, these, these, these people don't understand they think everyone must be equally as smart as each other they think everybody's the same height everybody's the same speed if if we're in a, in, in the middle of the woods and a grizzly bear or, or how about a black bear that's charging at us well the taller faster person's not going to get eaten the world doesn't we can complain that it's wrong that it sucks mm-hmm. that the world is this way but right these, they don't want to accept that
1: right team that's why equity is uh Marxist term, they want the equal outcome. That's what the com- com- Cambodia communists did. They want everybody even look the same. If you wear glasses, you get killed. If you are too tall, you will cut your legs half because we want everybody look the same. is that insane? And the people buy into socialism, communism, because it sounds utopian, sounds wonderful, but it never came. Mao promised land to the peasants, intellectuals to have free idea, free expressions. Then he never gave the land to peasants. He never gave our intellectuals and even the journalists the freedom to practice, to speak up. Lots of journalists in the country are leaning left. They really don't understand history either. Teachers too. They were indoctrinated in colleges, training teachers all about left Marxism. Because it sounds wonderful. They're compassionate. I understand. But the thing is, when you look at the system, when you, when you look at actually what happened when you went to that kind of system, only one percent ruling all equally poor people, you don't get what you wanted you desired for, and you were being enslaved because everybody relying right on government instead of yourself, responsibility, families, churches, communities. The results just disastrous. It's a lot worse than what the Bernie Sanders would like to believe. Or ALC. I would like to talk to her if she wants to sit down with me. I invite her to sit down with me.
0: So now with the lockdowns, you know, we saw these videos of nurses dancing in the hallways. There was one viral video where uh, a woman was filming them rehearse their dancing. And she said, you can hear her say as she's filming it, is this why we can't get any help? What are they doing? And then you can see the nurses they're dancing. In one video, the nurses are dancing with a mock corpse that says COVID-19. It's got a toe tag on it. These are disgusting and disturbing videos. But they're telling you you can't visit your loved ones on their deathbed. You, you can't be there for the, the birth of your children or the death of your parents. Seeing all that stuff, my question is, it's happening all over the world. Is, is it, uh, would you compare it to, to communist China? And what do you do? When do you try and leave? And where would you go?
1: Well, I have no place to go. America's home. That's why I wanted to tell my stories to warn Americans that uh, it's not just critical race theory. It's not just two weeks flat the curve. It's not just, uh, you know, like uh, for public health and temporary shutdown. It's not. I don't say that. I say it's our liberty and the rights could be gone forever if we don't speak up. If we don't fight back, we don't resist. And uh, do we want to rule by communists? Have everybody who came here from communist countries then to condemn America? I have on my YouTube channel, Lily Tom Williams. I'm going to get the immigrants come to my channel, talk about their stories. Why we choose this country? Why we love America? Why we reject all this nonsense to call America systemic racist country? Is that really about race or is it about something else? It's about destruction, fundamentally destruction of America. The values, the exceptionism, and the constitution, the declaration of independence, to place replace them with what? What are we going to do after we destruct? We're going to be equally poor. We're going to have a Marxism. We're gonna have our children all become little social justice warriors, don't have any skills, and uh, don't have any love for this country. Chinese government, CCP is laughing to the bank right now. They have infiltrated our society, and see America exactly is where they want it. They are threatening people like me in this country speak up against the communism. We are traitors. We are counter-revolutionary or oh, we are extremists, whatever. The, our media rhetorics are consistent with Chinese official talking points. It's so sad. Why are they doing that? Do our journalists understand if you practice journalism in China, you need to get a state license? You need to study Chairman Xi's thoughts? You need to pass a test? Here they are Ba yang, stuff that can make them to get us through under the bus someday. And the teachers, any conscious, good teachers, it's time to speak up now for the children our country's sake. Don't teach division. Don't teach hate. We need to be united as Americans. There's nothing we cannot do. We cannot win if we are united.
0: But they're indoctrinated. They, they, they believe it all. They, they believe every single word of the ideology, even its contradictions. How do you communicate with someone who isn't interested in the truth but is only interested in defending their their ideology?
2: Well you or, gotta, or their cult. You gotta get them on your side first. And the way to do that is to show that communism has some benefit in small groups. It doesn't scale very well, but in a family unit that's a communist. Unit. Yes, but these
0: people don't think they're communists. Okay. In fact, when you tell some of these teachers what cultural Marxism is, they respond by saying that's a conspiracy theory. It's not real.
2: Possibly, you're probably right a lot a lot of the times. But I think tonight, if someone has listened to this just show, a lot, not always. Yeah, there's a possibility <laughs> that someone that had had been in that mindset had listened to you tonight and now thinks it differently. That's possible and probable, actually. Um, and it's just one person at a time. But with the video, that that scales. So it's 100 million people at a time
3: So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: I know. I have people always say that. Our um, people think, oh, you're just trying to scare us. We're not communist China. This is not communism. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's about racial equity. It's about justice. I know their words, but I have lived through it. Lots of immigrants have lived through it. Look at the Cuban Americans, what they're saying. Look at the people who fled the former Soviet Union, what they're saying. We see the writings on the wall. We recognize the signs. We recognize the terms and tactics. When you do the diversity training now, it's like China's Cultural Revolution struggle sessions. You go to a room, you keep your head down, you look depressed, you apologize for being white, racist, you, if you don't even realize, "Oh, my parents actually told me, "Oh man, equal I guess I need to dig, dig, dig deeper." I have uh, what you call it, hidden bias against people of color. Then you should denounce yourself, then you should uh, and uh, apologize, and the public shaming. Have you said public shaming last year, don't they? You know, riots and lootings? Public shaming, and people take knees and all that. It's like I'm. we still have maybe some time left to stop this uh, train going down socialist, communist path, but they are here. The train has started. It's going to go down fast. If we don't educate our citizens and to be united, to realize danger, horror, we're going to go down that way. So that's why I'm calling for people to... Listen to immigrants like us who live through it, and we don't buy this whatever left is trying to sell us. Our citizens are not our enemies. They're not. doesn't matter which party you belong to. You're independent, democratic, republic. It doesn't matter. It's the people who want to control us, dominate us, want to put a chain on our necks, and the chains around our brain, you cannot even think. Those are our enemies. They were through all of us, 99% of us, under the bus. Doesn't matter if you are supporters or not.
2: You think a, oh, what were you going to say there? Yeah,
1: well, you go Do ahead. you think
2: there's anything that could have been done when Mao had been coming to power in the 50s that could have changed and, and made it so it didn't happen?
1: Well, he did lose a little bit of power. Remember, they had a new president, um, um, Liu, after Mao all the people starving to death. Mao was uh, such a supreme leader when people were starving to death because all the mayors, governors, all the leaders were appointed by the party, not elected by the people. So people were afraid to tell the truth. Because if you tell the truth, like a COVID-19 cover-up, or like this flooding, if you tell the truth, you might lose your job. So everybody trying to tell good news, never report bad news, never tell the truth. So nobody could stop him by the time he become like a godlike by starting the Cultural Revolution. So he purged his political enemies. You know what happened to his to our, that time, the Chinese president, he was house arrested. He died alone, like a pig, alone on the floor.
2: Who was that during what time, what year?
1: During the Cultural Revolution, his name is Liu Shaoqi, president of China.
2: So Mao was not the president? Was he just a guy, just some guy? He
1: was a military commission chairman he was a communist party chairman. those two jobs one you control the party, one you control the guns. That's another similarity I see with today. Law enforcement go down, and almost like one party control now you know work military it's like it's very dangerous when when people swear to defend u s constitution and the citizens' constitutional you know, rights against the domestic enemy foreign or domestic, and now you got to, to go through this uh, so-called uh, loyalty test, almost like you got to be active anti-racist. Do we have to play race car? So the anti-racist people today, I think they practice racism. It's all about your skin color. It's all about your race, but nothing about other stuff, like individual character, your mind, diversity of ideas. No, it's all about race. So they are actually racist. But then you talk about the fascists. Antifa is supposed to be anti-fascist, but uh, what do they do? Are they uh, are they practicing actually fascism? I think they are because anybody who against them you get you can get threatened. Mafia can come kill you.
0: Well, it's like uh, Ibram Kendi said. What, what's his real name? Henry, Henry, uh, Ro- Henry Rogers? Rogers. Rogers. That's, Rogers, that's his, yeah. Henry Rogers. Is Ibram his middle Henry and last. Ibram Henry Rogers. Yeah, yeah. Ibram Henry Rogers. Yeah. What up, Hen? Oh, Ibram Rogers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like he said. In his his worldview, he wants racial discrimination because he says it's the only way to end past racial discrimination. And, that, and then he also says that he wants future racial discrimination, but he's an anti-racist. Well, it tells you all you need to know about anti-fascists. Their idea is that they're going to implement authoritarian tactics of violence against anyone who opposes them because, well, they have to, to defeat fascism because fascism is also violent. But that also means they have to attack innocent people, too, just in case. They'll claim they won't. It's propaganda. We've seen them smash the windows. We've seen the photos from Germany where every storefront is smashed up except the one, the one that had the red salute in the window, the fist of the Communist Party of China, the symbol of Marxism. That was in the window, and that was the one storefront that wasn't destroyed.
1: People tell me all the time, Lily, it's not just America now, but America is our last home. So they, they all feel they lost Europe. They lost Australia. I'm hoping Australian people are waking up. And, you know, that there are lots of things happening all over the world. It's like there is this huge communism wave because this virus alone can shut down all the freedom, loving people's rights and liberties. Guess who benefits? Who benefits? Follow the people who benefit to gain power and to gain money, including our own government our own billionaires' corporations, and, of course, Chinese government, (coughs) Silk Road Initiative. They are using Mm -hmm. lots of money to buy up foreign companies, corrupt the government. Some people think, oh, they're so smart to build a Silk Road Initiative. They are smart, of course, and they want your country's support to expand globally. They want to become number one. By 2049, Xi Jinping said... His China dream: China will be number one, dominating power of the world.
0: Because of the lockdown, they think that'll happen in 2028. Now, that that China will take over the U.S. economy as the largest economy on the planet. Well, let's let's uh, let's go to super chats and see what uh, everybody's thinking. If you haven't already, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, go to timcast.com. We will have a members-only segment coming up after this show uh, at timcast.com about 11 p.m. But let's uh, read these super chats. Rocket Rex says, you were right about who owns the culture. I went to Barnes and Noble for the first time in years. I usually shop online. The majority of the books covered woke ideology. That's right. Mm. And I think, you know, for a lot of us, uh, one, of, one of the things I'd, I'd like to mention to you, uh, Lily, is to consider. Over the last year with all the lockdowns, everyone's forced to stay inside. People were only communicating through social media. But social media, the opinions you're allowed to have are regulated by small companies and by the people who run those companies like zuckerberg and dorsey that meant that conversations that would normally happen at a bar wouldn't somebody who might say something that they truly believe about the news but that opinion is banned say the story about hunter biden you're locked down you can't talk about it you post it on the internet you get banned you say learn to code you get banned conversations and ideas were purged by the big tech companies because no one had any other way to communicate well us read a little bit more just a uh Justice D says, Hey, Tim, have you thought about trying to get G. Edward Griffin on your show? He wrote the book The Creature from Jekyll Island, and he also did an interview with Yuri Bezmanov. That would be fantastic. We will look into yeah. that. Okay. Neo D. Genesis says, Keep up the great work. Waiting to see Vosh V. Kirk, as Vosh's claims is three right wings on one, and he can't think of anyone to partner with. He counts you as right. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, you know... I'm like heterodox, centrist of sorts or whatever. Certainly, I don't like the Democratic Party for basically most of the reasons you've explained what's going on with them.
2: But the Republican Party doesn't do anything
3: either. Party politics. I don't like the Republican Party
0: either. I like the Libertarian Party only now because of the Mises Caucus and because of Dave Smith. I
2: understand having to organize for politics, but I don't know why it has to be like a party, why it's got to be like, we are here, join us or not. Why can't it just be like, we're all saying what we think, and you vote for whoever you want.
1: It's a ballot access. If you are not a major party, your candidates cannot get on a ballot. There are very strong res- um, restrictions based on your state. Some states are easier, Sometimes are very hard. Mm-hmm. Ever since Ross Perot ran as a third party, independent, got into presidential debate, have you seen any other ones got into presidential debate? Nobody could. Nobody yeah. could. It's a two party system dominating the society. I wish. What if we had like all American party? Huh? That that would be cool. But they're saying so. You know, in New Hampshire and uh, Republican Party that uh, I I joined, there are lots of good people are fighting a good fight. And, uh, um, Colorado, they have lots of work to do. <laughs> and, and, uh, so, so I think it depends on, I re- always respect people. I, I met Dave Smith. I even asked him questions in, during Pork Fest and, in <laughs> I put it, you know, I put him on the spot. Everybody loved it. And, you know, basically I said that, you know what? If libertarians want to educate people be effective, then we need uh, to do something. Better and more or yeah. something different. Because we, you know, we all, if a country is becoming today from an immigrant eyes, we're going down this path so fast. All the freedom loving Americans somehow have failed. What have you been doing in the past 40 years? You let the radical left control the educational system and, uh, indoctrinate our children, our college students or our Marxists hate their family, hate their country, but they will not move to Cuba. We cannot make them to move We could ship them I donate air ticket <laughs> you know I will
0: yeah me too yeah
1: but the same though, they say though they cannot say where they want to live but they were just privileged.
0: I have offered people I've had these debates on Facebook where people are like oh America this America that and I'm like I mean this genuinely I would love to do a mini documentary with you you choose the location we cover all the costs we go with you we don't impose any of our views on you we just literally say tell us where you want to go Show us what you want us to see. Nobody would take up the offer. Could we call it like release the dragon? <laughs> the idea. The idea was most of these people that I argue with don't know anything about these countries. They claim
1: they're and, afraid they, to go,
0: and they are afraid to go. They are and still
1: living with mom, dad, too.
0: So, so some of these countries I've been to, and so I get a discussion with someone talking about you know one country or another, and they say they know what it's like. They know what it is, or it's better, and here's why it's better, or or it's worse, and here's why it's worse. And I'm like. I'll pay for your ticket. I'll go with you. We'll film it and we'll let you guide
2: us and we'll you you'll you'll interview whoever you want to interview.
0: They never want to do it.
2: It's often there a lot of decision making is done by feeling. That's a problem because then when you start to get analytical and explain the past and the and the how the cycles that it's confusing and it kind of threatens their feeling, their worldview based on feeling and they don't have I've gone I've been in that position, so I understand it. I
0: I do want to stress though, just for this uh, one super chat, yes, tomorrow Charlie Kirk and Vosh will be here. And uh, I guess Vosh Vosh is saying It's three right wings On one Because Ian's right
2: wing Alright
0: Like like the weirdest thing I made it (laughs)
2: I'm the Trojan horse Yeah I'm right wing Let's go Everybody's
0: (laughs) always Complaining in the chat That Ian's like a leftist Or he's like You know he's wrong I'm so glad but I like Tavash Ian's right wing. Wow. Dude, I love that guy. Even He's though we disagree fun. on like all these different things, you know what I mean? He's like, like a D&D friend of mine from high school. I don't, that's
2: as far I as I go. I just really
1: hate people to be put into boxes. Don't mm. you think? Yeah. It's
2: really, it's that's all, why I don't well, like, call I don't myself a libertarian. Boxes, you know? I, I feel weird saying I'm a libertarian because I feel like I'm then becoming part of this authoritarian process that's saying this is a thing. No, no but little L. Little L
0: libertarian. I am like libertarian,
2: live- but I'm not a libertarian. I feel
0: weird right. saying.
3: Yeah. Right. Makes sense.
0: So I just want to say for tomorrow, uh, I certainly, I think one of the problems of the left is they only learn about this show through memes and out of context clips. And I think, you know, the last time we had Vosh on the show, there were a bunch of leftists actually saying, oh, it wasn't that bad. Tim's actually not that bad. I saw comments where people are like, he's actually seems like someone you'd want to hang out with, but he's kind of dumb. And so it's like, by all means, you can call me dumb. I don't care. But like to lie about what we believe and what we do on the show, like they're you know, trying to claim that we do far right extremist conspiracy
2: nonsense like every article we use is certified by NewsGuard. But I I will talk about far right conspiracy nonsense. I will talk about far left conspiracy nonsense because it's fun and that's, that's how you the, understand what other people the think.
0: They'll say you push the conspiracy. <sighs> you gotta but understand I, but
2: I, it without believing it. Mm-hmm.
0: So the plan for tomorrow is uh Ian, I, I have I have asked to just try and track the super chats yeah. so that we can write down some of the best questions and potential yeah. rebuttals. I'm mostly just I, I want them to have a conversation and I don't want to, in, you know, intervene unless there's a fact check involved. And I I, I want to try and mostly I don't I don't think it's fair if like, you know, Charlie and I are both yelling at Vosh I don't agree with Charlie on a lot of things. He's a conservative. I'm more libertarian. But we certainly probably agree more on more stuff than than I would with Vosh But I don't want to do a show where it's just like, you know, a pile on, you know. So if he says something and he claims it's true and says, you know, Charlie's wrong, I'll, yeah. we'll look it up. And when we'll, I, we'll when call I,
1: out. Who got to call out? When I when I go to college campuses, lots of times, uh, Charlie um, Kirk's uh, t- Turning Point USA on that campus normally is my host. They will make a public event. Okay, we have eyewitness of uh, um, Communist China come to talk to us about her stories. And everybody's welcome. So sometimes I will get the students, especially the students who are in the middle. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I would love some people to come to challenge me, ask me questions, or even protest me, Right. But it have not happened yet. Normally, they just uh, <laughs> listen to my story, their eyes were really big. They were yeah. focused on my s- pictures and my, my facial expressions. So so I think that, uh, you know, if people just can be calm and listen to each other, respect each other's differences, this country actually can get lots of done. you know, instead of, I hate you mm. if you just have a different point yeah, of view. I'll yeah. tell you,
2: even people that are racist, I don't want to stop them from being racist. It's That's their worldview, if, and that is acceptable in the United States. I, I, I would I, like to debate it, but I'm not going to tell you you can't have that well, thought is, is or that, that it's is bad that or wrong. of
1: free speech anyway, right?
2: Well, yeah. I, I disagree. People need to evolve, and we can't do that if we're shutting each other up. I do want them to not be racist. Well, ultimately, that's but my goal Is an I egalitarian society.
1: Persuade them. Persuade them to.
2: Yes, by understanding to, their yeah. point of view. You have I, to sympathize and empathize. Mm.
0: I have had conversations with some racists, uh, and, and rather recently... And it's just, it,
2: no logic. You're right. That's how it's, that's why it's hard to change that because it's, it's fearful. It's terrifying and it's scary to think like if, if, even if I understand them, I might start to think like that. I don't want, but no, that's not how it works. No, no. I'll tell you what
0: happened is I had a conversation and I was thinking to myself like, this guy is basically telling me two plus two equals five. Mm-hmm. Like some of, the, some of these conversations, I'm just like, wow, these, they, they really haven't read this. They don't understand this. They make way too many broad assumptions, and it's right. detrimental to the su- success of this country. Really,
2: I get it. Two, 2.4 plus 2.4 is 4.8, which rounds up to five. <laughs> I understand no. the logic, but it's not logic. It's not real logic.
0: Mm. We got, re- we got to read some more All it's it's right, a, we got It's a
2: misuse of the word logic. People,
0: people should not be racist. Let's read some more Super Chats. Mediocre Fisherman says, there is, uh more, there are more shortages. I work in a metal shop in Wisconsin, and we are having a hard time finding metal. Mm. Wow. All right, let's see. Georgie Georgiev says, hello, Tim. Get Vosh and one of the Chinese guests you had on last month to get together on the show. I want to see how Vosh will defend his views then. You know, uh, I, I respect Vosh for coming on the show now for the second time. And there's a bunch of there, – there's a few other people who have – at first, tried to play games to get on the show and then didn't come on the show. But now when I come back on the show, I said, hey, watch come on the show. And he said, OK. And then he came on the show. And then we argued. And then people said I was dumb. And then other people said he was dumb. And I was like, hey, <laughs> man, at least we're like having the conversation. I'm not – I don't hate the guy. A lot of people say disparaging things about him. Like, by all means, I'm here to talk politics, not personal beef. And then when we were trying to put together another uh, uh, show – I I tweeted at Vosh something, he tweeted something about critical race theory and I said, why don't we have you back on the show then? Because he said conservatives don't know what critical race theory is. So we're going to have Charlie Kirk and Vosh on with a a big part of the discussion will be critical race theory, but we'll talk about everything. It might end up going long maybe. I mean. Maybe
2: we'll roll initiative. That's a Dungeons and Dragons thing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, that's why this kind of shoes are so important. You know, you give people lots of time to sit down. And uh, exchange views. I might disagree with you. You might disagree with me. And this we get each other to listen to each other's views for a little bit. Then present your point. Is that I me? Mean, why, if you have a great idea, why are you so afraid of talking mm. about it and debating it? Why do you have to use a force to shut them down?
0: I agree. I don't. I'm, I'm not scared to have uh, the only people there. There's two kinds of people that I wouldn't want to have on the show: spammers people who have no nothing to say like obviously you wouldn't invite them anyway and people who are just grifting Mm. like their obvious behaviors where their intent is to drum up drama and cause problems and just want to you know we're that. i
2: find if you have a really good idea it's you can listen to other people for hours and let them talk Mm -hmm. because your idea is so good you don't need to yell it you don't need to repeat it you can wait wait let me get let me finish this and then you can and then you can say it if as opposed to someone that maybe doesn't really believe what they're saying, so they repeat it over and over, louder and louder, because when you repeat a lie enough times, it does have a, an impact. Mm-hmm.
3: So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. Dw void we're prohibited by law, See terms and Conditions. 18 plus. I'll tell you one of the one of the challenges that will definitely be for tomorrow is Gish Galloping. What's that? It's when someone says a whole bunch of things really fast so that makes it difficult to actually engage. That's why I it's good it's that we're
2: We're recording it, which is cool. So you can well, so rewatch it. Slow it
0: down. Like the like I don't care for rules in a debate. I think I I I don't like viewing things as debates. I think we should have a conversation. But I will have to put, like, a foot down if someone says, like, five points at once. Like, two plus two equals five. Three plus three is seven. Seven plus 12 is 91. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. We have to address the first one before you can keep saying things. But people do that all the time. They'll be like, critical race theory is not being taught in schools. It never was. You're wrong about critical race theory. And Marx is right about class. I'm like, stop, stop, stop. We need to say the first thing. Provide a rebuttal. Second thing, rebuttal. You can't just... So it'll be interesting, but let's uh, let's read some more super chats. Yeah, <laughs> fun. All right, let's see. Oh, hey, how's how's it going? Uh, Oregon Life says, "Jenk and his goons over at TYT had a, an hour long bash session on my boy Tim Pool today. Your show is better by far. Jenk is just pathetic, to be honest. I honestly just don't care. Jenk, uh, come on the show, dude. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I." I, I, I Yeah, yeah. Actually, that'd be that. that, I'd be fine with that. I I don't care though. You know, like we did a criticism of the Young Turks, and I said if they say anything, I'm not going to respond because I don't care. I I don't. I don't care to like if someone says something about me and insults me. I'm like whatever, dude. I got I got work to do. I'm not going to waste my time. Busy. Storm Viking says, Tim, after one of your posts today, you are clearly in favor of forced vaccines. You need to be honest with your audience that built you up. Are you for the vaccine or against it? You need to be honest. What? What? I'm for people talking to their doctor and figuring out what makes sense for themselves. I don't like when people say the vaccine. I'm in favor. I said uh, private Mm -hmm. businesses can mandate a vaccine. Uh. There's so many vaccines
2: in the world. So like be specific.
0: I worked for Vice, and in order to travel to other countries uh, to to report, you needed to get vaccinated. The security company wouldn't work with us if I wasn't because they didn't want to deal with someone who had yellow fever. Mm. If you don't like what a private business is doing in that regard, then don't work for the company. If the government... Mandates businesses do it now. That's a problem. If a if a pizza shop says we don't want to work with people who don't have you know you know this like vaccines or whatever, I'm like, well then like why he does that pizza guy doesn't owe you anything. Mm. I'm more libertarian than that. The pizza guy does not owe you a job, and if he doesn't want to hire you, then. Get you know? back
1: to personal choice. You know, when yeah. I, when I was in China, we had no choice. You just lined up and they, they, in schools, they just boom, 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 give you lots of shots and, you know, no parental rights. But here in this free country, if you're adult, you have personal choice. If you're a parent, then you need to make decision for yourself mm-hmm. and for your children. It's you just, uh, mm. that, that's so simple. You know, it's not like either for or against, you know, respect freedom, respect people's yeah. right to choose.
2: I think it's a problem when a monopolistic business starts doing I was things. Just thinking that, because then you need yeah. to use the government to enforce a negative right, which is you can't enforce right, people right, right. to fill in the blank. But I'm
0: talking about like you know John's pizzeria. It's got like ten employees, yeah. and he's like, "Here's what I want." I'm like, "John doesn't know you anything." All right, Elizabeth Carmella says, "Wow, I am enlightened. My father, retired Navy SEAL, used to talk to me about Mao when I was a teenager. I never listened." I didn't understand. thought it was boring. I am listening now. Time to give dad a call to apologize. A call to apologize. <laughs> wow,
1: yeah. wow, yes.
0: All right. Ghost Crusader says, God bless you, Tim, for having people who escaped communism on your show to, tell the, to show the truth. You should get my dad on. He left communist, communist China at 14 and came to the U.S. and is a multimillionaire now.
3: Ooh, wow. Parents sent him
0: here for fear they would wow, kill him.
2: Yeah. Wow. Good for
3: him.
0: Yeah. Um, wow. How do we uh, Ghost Crusaders? I don't know how to get in touch with you. Is you it You
3: can look me up on Twitter, follow me and tweet at me.
0: What's your Twitter?
1: Uh sour Patch lids.
0: There you go. That would be really interesting. Yeah. Archangel says this lady is awesome and very based,
2: Lily. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate that comment.
0: All right, let's see what we got here. Curtis Reynolds says God bless this woman and God
2: bless the USA. Mhm. Absolutely. Did you are you very religious? Did you used to be, or did you become more religious or less religious as you, you transitioned from China to the United States?
1: You know, I I, I I'm I'm just not I'm like a, I I'm not um, religious. I do go to churches because I'm open minded about learning different religion. I'm a, you know very firm supporter of religious freedom. But uh, what happened to me, I think, uh, made me just really really like uh, independent or. Um, cautious now. So skeptical. I have to do, skeptical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always have to ask lots of questions. So you need a time to study religion to really, because I was raised as Buddhist, but then we got shut down during the month. So it's like, uh, you know, now it's like, okay, you know, like uh, I'm open-minded. I mean, I always uh, support people, whatever religion they practice based on their personal choice. But uh, the thing is though that, uh, um, I think uh, there's a tendency there are more people trying to look down on people who are christian conservatives but then the people who don't have religion they believe in government that's even more threat to yeah. me
2: <laughs> that's another religion
1: <laughs> that's another religion that's more scary
0: <laughs> all right this one's important we have return of the mac he says groundbreaking interview stream is shadow banned can't find by searching for it and not showing under your channel sad day for american rights. also many of you may have noticed the stream was cutting out for some reason it was yeah we have we have a perfect connection we have uh, our gigabit line is, is solidified. Our IT guys here we've 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 built up and per- everything's good. We have we've had the green light the whole time, but for some reason the stream has been dropping off. Mm. Very oh, very. Is that
1: because of me? <laughs> I,
0: I, <laughs> it's never happened before. Yeah. We, we've had instances where our internet flickers and we can see on our on our system the, the the stream rate, the bit rate, and so there's been instances where it's like something was wrong. It turned out there was an electrical surge, a lightning strike, and it fried one of our network boxes or whatever. And so then we were trying to – so then we couldn't even use our backup internet. We have backup internet. So it's an automatic system. When one goes down, it switches over automatically, and there's a bump. We can see that happen. This time, nothing
2: on our end. I'm skeptical, as you are, that, about uh, – that, that, that it's nefarious. I think I worked with Mines for so many years that it's usually 98% of the time a technical glitch. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I Lu- hope I hope it is a technical Hopefully, because, yeah. uh, you know, otherwise that's even more stuff for us to worry about. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: But we have this. LUA Coder says, Tim, there are a lot of Chinese communist sympathizers in the chat today. China actually sends people to American social media to sp- spread propaganda and pays them for it. They're called Wumao's which means 50 cents. Is that... That's
1: yes. I got threatened by them to Wumao. Wumao is a 50 cents army. So every time when you become internet troll, go to say something in favor of the, you know, the Communist Party and attacking, you know, whoever, like me, for example, on my page, they get paid 50 cents. Really? Yes. Wow. Google, it's Wumao. It's, it's a 50 cents army. Wow. I got threatened on my page. Don't you want to come home again? I
0: once did a video about... <laughs> yes. Conflict with China and what China was doing, and the U.S. potentially going to war, and a bunch of Western seeming Chinese Chinese YouTubers, well, like they were they were pro China YouTubers, telling me I was wrong and making rebuttal videos and coming after me. I just ignore it. I, I don't care. They People can say paid, whatever they want, whatever.
1: Team, they are paid oh, influencers. Yeah. Yep. We have to be careful how deeply the CCP infiltrated into America, like my human rights. Um liberty activists in this country from China somebody who actually was jailed in China before mm. they, are, they are trying to hurt him here they burn his car oh, wow. the, the, burn his park like statues the, <laughs> like,
0: way I, the way I see it is you know we're all we're, we're running towards this end goal and you've got people trying to distract you all the time. They're throwing things at you from the sidelines. I'm not going to stop and get into a, an argument with the guy who's next to the marathon. Yeah, I'm in the marathon, it, man. I got, I got if places to be. you stop the
2: chat, you become an easier target. You got to keep moving.
0: Yeah. All right. Paul Bedard says, Tim nailed it. Government and corpor- corporate executives love and envy the CCP model. The democratic process is an inconvenience for them. The will of the people is irrelevant because they don't respect citizens. They are beneath them.
1: Hmm. Yes.
0: Scott all, uh, all, uh Sowski. Scott Olsowski says, I've been a regular viewer for over a year now, and Lily is by far my favorite guest you've had on. Thank you for sharing your story, Mrs. Williams. Hopefully you can enlighten more Americans.
1: Thank you. I will. I, I will until I die.
0: Jason Van Kirk says, I'm glad I got to watch this one live. I'm sure YouTube is going to take this one down.
2: Ooh. <laughs> well, the, all the, on the stream level. has been
0: dropping off, but we yeah. record them all and we, we put them up on a variety of platforms. So mm-hmm. plus we're going to have a members only segment. That's going to be at around 11 p.m. at TimCast.com. So go check it out. Laurel says, Lily Tong Williams is on
2: fire. I love this woman. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> so much fire. I'm from Sichuan. Too much spicy food.
2: And you were born in the year it. of the dragon. You told me yes, before Yes, I'm the dragon
1: lady, too. My husband always tells me, please, go focus on liberty. Don't, don't fight with me at all. <laughs> <Yes. home." laughs> I love it.
2: What, what year were you born? 79. What, what does that make, Ian?
1: I don't know. It's every 12 years you have the... I should look you know, I'm a tiger.
2: It's the Chinese... Oh, uh, tiger. Yeah. My dad is tiger. Yeah, tiger. Oh, What's yeah. it called? The Chinese birth... Chinese, Chinese, zodiac. Chinese yeah. zodiac.
1: My husband is a a bull, a pig. Oh. <laughs> so actually, awesome. according to Chinese <clears throat> zodiac, it's very funny. Dragon and the pig get along. <laughs> we have been married for 31 years. <laughs> I
3: am Got the it. goat. Oh. Are you really that, goat? that is
2: the greatest of all time. The
1: <laughs> <I love it.
2: laughs> they yeah. do call
0: me the
3: goat. Yeah. I like that. That's
2: awesome.
0: Fran Dra- uh, Dredger. Is that pronouncing it right? Dreger. I don't
3: know.
0: Lily, do you come to middle schools?
1: Yes. In sixth to eighth grade, if they are study word history, the teachers can request me as their classroom like guest speaker. Cool. Lily awesome. for Liberty, my Facebook page.
2: Beautiful. There you go.
0: All right. Let's see. Mach, uh, Machismo, Joe, is that you pronounce it? Machismo? Machismo. Machismo. It's time to start the 2A party. Bridge the gap between the left and the right. Call it the Constitutional Party 2. Uh 2A. Lily, it was great to hear most of your story. Something kept trying to interrupt the video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Yeah, it was cutting out every so often. It was weird. And I'm, I'm looking at it like we're, our internet's
2: perfect.
3: Everything's fine, yeah.
2: It's not on our end. I can see it. This one's worth a full, clear stream. We do have the recording. Maybe we can make sure people see that on the website or something oh, okay.
0: so you do have the whole well, thing yeah recording. we record it it'll yeah. it'll be on itunes and spotify and all that yeah, stuff okay. and i think whole pandora podcast,
3: too yeah pandora now
0: dane shell says ian nailed it most of the rhetoric is based on feeling feelings only run one layer deep if you go deeper you run into logic mm-hmm. and that's right people that's why
1: our brain is it's a human beings should have logic mm-hmm. and reason
2: and your your stomach there's a lot of neurons in your stomach it the, the food you eat can really change your mood and the way you feel yeah
1: But we are human beings, so we have all of that. You know, Mm -hmm. we do have emotions (laughs) and feelings too, you know. That's why we got to, you know, calmly talk to each other. Respect each other. Yes.
0: Here's a good one. FOMO says, super chat just for having this amazing woman on. If 20% of quote, our side had half of this woman's enthusiasm, there'd be no struggle. God bless you.
1: True. (laughs) Thank you. That's that's what I'm saying. If people
0: were were animated, there wouldn't be a question. All right. Wow, you have
1: an awesome, Supporters,
0: Great. <laughs> I so, I can't read uh, uh, Chinese characters, so I can't oh. read this.
1: A Chinese character?
0: Yeah, I can't read the Chinese characters. <laughs> uh, from Caraface, I see your super chat, but I can't read. I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It just looks like you know. I don't know where Chinese to begin. Characters.
1: Sorry, I have I have a, a YouTube Chinese channel, Mandarin.
0: <laughs> What's nice.
2: the channel?
1: Uh, it's uh, actually called uh, uh, an Chinese Voice of." Chinese-Americans. So I'm trying to get the Chinese to be um, kind of paying attention what's going on in their new country and get involved locally because we have to focus on what's going on here now. Mm. Otherwise, it's kind of dangerous. We we all have no home to go because, you know, if we lose America, no place to go.
0: This is a really great super chat. Cletus Curtis says, I know it's a good guest when I'm fighting tears while holding my 300 blackout.
2: <laughs> is that a weapon? It's a gun? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow, You're inspirational. It's
2: truly American. <laughs> that's that's well, the visage of liberty. I,
1: I got you know, I got a little emotion of myself, and and I cannot help it. People say you are so passionate. Your passion is contagious. Well, because uh, you know my memory coming back to me, I I cannot help it to be passionate. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I guess we need more passion in this country, right? Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Slensder says, best best guest yet. Thanks for finding Dave Smith, his Secretary of State. Yeah. <laughs> well that's great. That'll be on on Dave and uh you know. But uh absolutely. Get some more libertarians in the house.
1: He's funny, you know.
3: Dave's Dave. Great. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, I we've had him, him a couple before. times. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh I, I thought the Libertarian Party was a joke until I saw what he was doing and what he was talking about. And he's him and the the Mises Caucus and, you know, I think there's a, a bunch of good people coming in and they're they're reinvigorating it. Or yeah. invigorating it in the first place, I guess. Yeah,
1: <laughs> some of my Gary Johnson's
0: cool, but I mean,
2: like he was really low energy. Yes. You know?
1: he he was not too bad the first time running. The second time, I don't know what happened. It
2: seemed like he got disillusioned and thought, "Well, it's there's no, I have no chance. This this big, I can't stop the big machine. I'm I, I'm going to get one percent. This is nuts." So he just he just started acting like a clown. Like he mm-hmm. just started having fun. You know, that's what it seemed like.
0: All right. This is a good one. Black Rock Beacon says, I want this woman to go berate both Congress and Senate on behalf of free people everywhere. She is my spirit animal. Tim, keep bringing on people who have survived communism. Thank you. More need to hear these stories. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Let's see. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Wow. Very encouraging.
0: Cameron Terry says, hey, Tim, big fan, but I'd like to ask for a little bit of elaboration. When it comes to the private mandate of something like a vaccination, what happens to the concept of your your rights and where mine begin, especially as variable and important as meds? So uh, I think there's got to be medical exemptions. I have to think that they, I think they have to be uh, um, leaning towards lax in that you have to give the the, the benefit of the doubt to the, the the employee, not the employer. However, it's also based on the size of the business. These are really complicated things. You especially I especially start learning about this as I'm like building a business. A business size matters. If a company has less than fifty employees, I, I really do side with the with the employer on this one in, in in most capacities. But I do think we need labor rights for a lot of you know you, you you can't have scams and stealing from paychecks and things like that. Employees have to have rights. In terms of like a vaccine or a job requirement, small businesses I think should have the discretion to run their businesses for the most part as they see fit. I think serving a public accommodation is different. I don't think there should be mandatory vaccines for for customers employees is different that that employer does not owe you a job and you don't owe him work or anything that's a that's a that's a a deal struck between you both
2: do you think that if a company were to create a mandatory vaccine for an employee that had got that took the job before the mandate what of the mandatory vaccine was initiated that they should and the person refuses that the employee should have a payout package when they're released my
0: personal belief is yes but yeah, I that, think that but, would be but, equitable, but, but, but I'm saying personal, as in like if I ran a business, that's what I would do. Should the government mandate it? Mm, Stuff. There's a lot of th- 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 these questions aren't black and white, and that's one of the biggest challenges because people will say things like, "Oh, if you believe this, how do you believe this?" And I'm like, because they're two different scenarios and circumstances, and we're dealing with like a granular legal system to figure out the best way to navigate these things. Mm. You know, if someone the way the way I, I feel is like. If you're using public space with public plumbing and public roads and access to public uh, um, fire services and police and all that stuff, then taxpayers should have access to this building because if you're occupying the space and refusing to service a certain type of person because of some like you know ideological belief or like you oppose a certain kind of identity group, well that space could be occupied with by somebody else. I don't I don't see us having to accommodate you for if you're not going to accommodate the public in return. Employees are different. A business choosing to have an arrangement with a with an employee is like there's ten employees of this business in a given month. There's a hundred thousand customers walking in out the door in a given month. Does scale matters? But I don't think it's perfect. I'm not saying that I, I. You know, I I would say this to quote Chris Rock in the movie Dogma. I don't have beliefs necessarily. I have ideas. Beliefs are hard to change. Ideas you can change. So clearly, when Michael Malice came on the show and started saying a bunch of stuff, I was like, actually, those are really good points. And then I probably moved like a little bit more down a libertarian spectrum because of that. Cause
2: your, your alignment shifted. Definitely, slightly. because you hear smart
0: people give you good, good arguments and then you, you know.
3: Yeah.
1: It's not just the medical exemption, religious exemption. Also, people who already were infected have mm. antibodies. There are so many exemptions, but they just don't even talk about it. You cannot even throw that out there. People who already got COVID tested positive. They're young, have antibodies. And is that more dangerous, actually, for them to continue to take another vaccine on top of their, you know, old antibodies? I don't know. I'll
0: say this. um, People should talk to their doctors because... Mm -hmm. Uh, someone I know actually talked to their doctor, and the doctor said, if you've had COVID too recently, you can't get it, so you need to talk to a doctor. But Right, um, so
1: you, it'd be like a medical decision like normally between you and your family members and doctors. Yeah, At least government should stay out of it, and at least employers should consider all that kind of exemptions. Religious is a big one.
0: And I can already hear all the leftists laughing and saying, duh, the conservatives who are pro-life. I'm not pro-life. You know, There's a lot of people who are pro-life. Um, I've had a lot of moral arguments, but I've always been private medical decisions have to be between the, 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 the doctor and the individual. And when it comes to pro-life and pro-choice, that is a hefty moral conundrum no, w- that I don't have the answers to. So I can only say, I'm, I, I can put it this way. I am not one of these conservatives who have marched around for pro-life. I have always been in more libertarian in that regard. So don't bring those leftist arguments here. It, it bears no purchase.
1: Also, no vaccine passport. Mm. This should be consistent throughout the world. Now EU is doing that. It's like, uh, oh, so people cannot even travel to EU, spend money there as tourists anymore? Yeah. It's like, a, well, the sense though? if you make people carry this passport, what else are you going to make people to carry on, the, on their cell phone? It's like a little code, you know? Mm-hmm. Track everything.
0: Alright, my friends. We are going to have a members only segment coming up and we're going to talk, uh, pro- we'll probably, we'll probably, we'll probably get into some things, you know, YouTube doesn't allow and, This always makes those those uh, establishment media types angry that we can have these conversations over at TimCast.com. So become a member. It should be up around 11 p.m. or so. You can follow us at TimCast IRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Did you want to, uh, Lily, shout out any social media or your organization or anything?
1: Yes. If you want to write to me and contact me, I have a public page, Lily for Liberty, L-I-L-Y, number four, Liberty, Lady for Liberty, sounds very good. And my Twitter is also Lady for Liberty. That's where, you know, um, I was found by uh, Lydia. Mm -hmm. And uh, my YouTube channel is Lady Tom Williams. If you're not on Facebook, you can always follow my YouTube and, uh, and subscribe and share because it's very educational, especially you have young people who really want to learn More like some of my interviews, people will write to me. Oh, Lily, after your interview, actually, I started to rethink about BLM. I used to really support because they started to hear, oh, trend markets. What does that mean? Mm. They start to do research. So it's very encouraging. So I will appreciate you go share my stories and follow me. And uh, and thank you, Tim, for having me tonight.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for coming. Mm. Thanks, Lily. Yes. Um, you can follow me at Ian Crossland and uh, at iancrossland.net if you want a nexus point for most of my social media and activity. Thanks for coming, guys.
0: And I just want to say that I hope that you guys will join over at our website to help us stick it in the eye of the mainstream media
3: because they're not fans of ours and we're not fans of theirs. You guys may also follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patch Lids as I document the training of my little cat Dip. Today I trained him to
1: sit. He's a very good boy. He's very treat responsive and he's adorable. Join me there.
2: We'll see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.